what's going on? I hope you guys are okay. I hope you guys can hear me all right. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins, and I want to welcome you to drboycetv.com, the home for intelligent black people. So today on drboycetv.com, we're going to talk about a great black man by the name of Dr. Claude Anderson. Uh, Dr. Anderson is not here today, uh, but Dr. Anderson and I just spoke, and uh, he had a message for you about the Alabama brawl. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to share what Dr. Anderson wanted me to tell you read some history out of his book, The Black History Reader. And we're going to talk about whether or not black people traditionally have stood up against tyranny, oppression, or various forms of terrorism. So get comfortable, buck up seatbelt, hit that thumbs up button. We're going to get started on drboystv.com right now. Here we are, clan, the isms, cataclysm, great. Our people out here struggling, trying to make it in this state. Everybody out here doing it, but we the ones who late. Now, family, we the ones who got to delegate. Get that money in the power, never be fake. Stick to co-sign for three. What did he say? Uh, create jobs, support our own. Educate the same and buy back your own. Got three degrees, triple ten. Three PhDs, now we on the CNN. DBTV, let's talk about negligence. Ignorance is bliss, but we can turn it to intelligence. Please, none of what you hear, half of what you see. Let's break it down here on Dr. Boyce TV. Hello, guys. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins. Welcome to drboystv.com, the home for intelligent black people. Uh, today on drboystv.com, uh, we're going to talk about the Alabama brawl. And I just got off the phone with Dr. Claude Anderson, and he had a message that he wanted to share. Unfortunately, he won't be there uh, or be here today himself, uh, but he had something he really wanted me to share with you about this brawl in uh, Montgomery, Alabama. Uh, how many of y'all saw the brawl and how many of y'all uh, felt for a moment almost like proud of the people that stood up for that poor defenseless man who was being attacked? Uh, give me a yes if you uh, if you are in favor of what they did. Give me a no if you had an issue with it. Uh, let me know what you think. Uh, anyway, also, let me know if you can hear me okay. Give me a yes to the chat if you can hear me all right. I want to make sure my audio is good. Uh, so once I get a good audio check, then I can continue with the conversation. So uh, anyway, so thank you, Yoshika. I appreciate it. I see a yes. Yes, that you agree. Okay, so you guys can hear me okay. Okay, good. So, uh, you know, I, I'm on this category. I'm in the, that category as well of people that feels that the um, situation, although you hate to see anything kind of uh, end up with violence, uh, it's, you know, it's sometimes you got to respond. Sometimes when people attack you unfairly, you have to fight back. And uh, that's what they did that day. And I think a lot of us feel that way. It seems like that's what the majority of you are feeling. Um, I've done polls with you guys and really talked to you and kind of listened to what you had to say. Most of you feel that it was okay, that it was, uh, that they did the right thing. So uh, I, I asked Dr. Anderson today. So today I was out uh, shopping for groceries and uh, me and my wife just got back from our tour, our tour of Denmark. You guys know that uh, we went to Denmark and Iceland and stuff like that. Hanging out with the white folks for a minute. But we are going to be doing black stuff soon as well. Uh, we are going to be going to on a trip to Africa next spring. So uh, if you'd like to join us in Africa, uh, just let me know and uh, we can um, make that happen. Follow me on my Telegram page. And that's where I'm going to make the announcement of when we uh, go. So those of us who, who follow me on Telegram at drboystelegram.com, uh, you'll be the first ones to know when those tickets become available. And I can tell you it's going to sell out quickly because over 95 percent of you have said that you'd like to go with us, you know, to Egypt or, or Kenya and places like that. So we and we are doing that. We're already making that deal right now. All right. So um, Dr. Claude Anderson talked about the brawl and uh, his opinion was pretty clear. Uh, he said, I I'm proud of black folks. That was those were his exact words. And I asked him specifically, I, I always ask for the OG's permission before I share anything that he says. And I said, you know, hey, I'm going to talk about some stuff today. Would you like for me to tell black folks 
what you said. Would you like for me to share this message? And he said, yes. Uh, he said, I'm very proud. I was very proud of black folks that day. Uh, he said that he felt that it was appropriate to respond in the way that we did, that they did. Uh, he felt that it was the right thing to do. Uh, he felt that black folks need to stand up for ourselves uh, you know, more consistently. Uh, he also said that one of the things historically, and I'm going to bring a little black history into the conversation. See, they don't bring black history in. They just talk about people fighting on the beach and that that's just kind of the, you know, that's the whole narrative that, you know, that there was a big fight and uh, and some black people were swinging, white people were swinging, some people got arrested and that's it. Well, you know, uh, again, I think in the space of intelligent black people, it's important to put things into a historical context. So I'd like to read some of Dr. Anderson's book, The Black History Reader. Give me a yes in the chat if you want to hear what Dr. Anderson wrote about black people and our history of fighting back. Give me a yes in the chat if you uh, if, if this is something that will benefit you, because I really, really feel that as black people, we have to understand that these are not the first black folks to fight back. Uh, it's just you have formed uh, they have formed an image of you that you don't fight back. And one thing Dr. Anderson actually said, which I thought was really interesting, is he said that there is uh, he said part of the reason he argues that part of the reason black people don't get the respect we deserve is because we don't fight back. He said that that the reason part of the reason they hate you so much is because they never understood. This is according to Dr. Anderson. These were these were his words. Uh, Dr. Anderson said that one of the problems you have is that all through slavery, he claims again, these are his words. He said uh, he said one of the reasons that people hate you or dislike you is because they didn't understand how somebody could come in there and enslave your people rape your women, beat up on your children, make them uh, make 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 sons breed with their mothers. Y'all do know that, right? Y'all do know. How many of y'all know that the word MFR, the word MFR actually came from slave breeding? How many of y'all know that? Where they would put a paper bag over the son's head so he wouldn't know he was who he was sleeping with. I'm not going to be too graphic. You can use your imagination for the rest. I don't want to gross anybody out. But this was real. This was the type of stuff that really happened to you. And it was unfair and it shouldn't have happened to us. But this is the important part of black history that they'll never teach you. I don't care if you're getting taught black history from a Democrat or a Republican. They're probably not going to teach you about all the things that were done to you. They're, they're not going to teach you about all the ways that they harmed you. Right. So so ultimately, uh, he talked about this a lot. He and I were talking and we were kind of discussing the brawl. And I said, so you're telling me that you feel pretty, pretty unconditionally that this was a good look for black people. He said, yes. He said, I've seen the videos. He said, some of the videos that I've seen show me that they look like white folks were winning. He said, some of the videos uh, look like black folks were winning. And he said, but I, I, he said, I was proud of black folk. That was, those are his specific words. And I said, okay, I'm gonna quote you exactly the way you said it, because I want to make sure y'all hear exactly what he had to say. Uh, in case you're wondering why he can't come in and say it himself, it's because he, um, He's just not he's not 100 percent. He's he's an 89 year old man. And uh, and he's not he's not the guy he used to be. But I think it's important for all of us to support him and speak on his behalf. I think it's important that we uh, continue the legacy and help you know provide strength where the OGs may be a little bit tired. And that's why I'm here. And that's what I'm going to do until the day I die. So. Uh, so anyway, uh, hit the thumbs up button, thumbs up, share, subscribe. You're watching drboystv.com, the home for intelligent black people. And uh, if you could uh, also hit the notification bell. If you hit the notification bell, you'll be notified when we go live. I think the channel shadow banned, or the, ch the channel shadow banned, because we talk about topics like this. So if you want to make sure you're notified, make sure you hit the notification bell. 
Also follow me on Telegram because that's the best way for me to connect with you without being interfered with by uh, the powers that be, because there's there's racism from both liberals and conservatives. And part of the racism is digital racism, where they, they sort of block channels. They talk about things like this. So let me read some of Dr. Anderson's book. This is uh, from the Black History Reader. And this is the book we've been studying. If you uh, if you're in the Dr. Boyce Book Club, where we study Dr. Anderson's books uh, on Wednesday nights at 830. It's in the Black Business School. It's totally free. Uh, we are reading. You'll know we're reading the Black History Reader. But I thought that given that the Alabama brawl just happened and also given that Dr. Anderson had these comments, I thought I would come in and read a little bit of this to you. And this is question 75. He has a list of questions about black history that your white teacher will never teach you, that you'll never learn in a public school, that you can only learn yourself. And, and, and so his website's powernomics.com, by the way. And question 75 is this. It says, did blacks ever form organizations to protect themselves from extra legal and other terrorist groups? Meaning, you know, when racist folks came uh, to our communities to whoop and got to whooping ass, did black people just sit back and shudder and cry and say and scream Black Lives Matter and get on our knees? Or did we actually stand up and fight? Well, th th this part of history is not the history that you get. Uh, I don't know if y'all remember in school seeing all the videos of black folks just getting their, their, their asses beat. And uh, sitting at the lunch counter begging for an opportunity to buy a sandwich from a white man and literally uh, getting uh, like beaten half to death just for the right to get a sandwich, buy a sandwich from a white man. Uh, that to me, that never appealed to me. That never made sense to me. I never understood that. And uh, and so uh, here's the part of history they're not going to tell you. So he says here during slavery times, there was a secret black organization called the Knights of Liberty founded by Moses Dixon who was born free in Cincinnati, Ohio in 1824. Dixon didn't see the horrors of slavery until he was an adult working on a steamboat that traveled into the South. So this is a black man who had the curse of freedom. And I say the curse of freedom because what that meant for him was that he had an expectation that he was going to be treated like a human being wherever he went. I've seen that. I've seen people come from other countries and say, how dare you talk to me like that? Whereas there are black folks who grow up like that and they're just kind of used to it. So this brother says... Uh, so Dixon, uh, he gets on the steamboat, he goes south. After exposure to these terrors, he, he formed, so he fought back. He formed a protective organization that met regularly and privately in St. Louis, Missouri. His organization's plan was to destroy the institution of slavery quickly and by any means. By any means. Okay, so he sounds like the original Malcolm X, if you ask me. Um, let's see here. The members were willing to initiate military action if necessary. Over a 10-year period, the Knights helped hundreds of Blacks escape slavery and find quasi-freedom in the North. The Knights of Liberty was dissolved shortly before the Civil War started. It was remembered, however, by several names, including the Knights of, T of Tabor or the Black Knights. How about that? I like that. That's a cool name, the Black Knights. That's what maybe that's what we 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 ought to call ourselves the Black Knights. How about this? Let me with my I ain't got my Vicky Diller gavel up in here. I'm about to call a session of the League of, of Intelligent Black People. I think that so so I, I don't have it. I don't have my Vicky Diller gavel. I can't find it, but I got my little thing, so I'm gonna use my hand as my gavel. So so uh I'd like to call a, a quick council meeting of the, the Council of Intelligent Black People around the world. Um, I propose that we give ourselves a new nickname. And that that nickname be the Black Knights, that we are willing to fight for our freedom by any means necessary. We stand up for ourselves and we are willing to do what is required uh, to free ourselves and free our children from the grips of any form of slavery, whether it be physical, psychological or economic. All in favor, say I, say I or yay or yes or me or or whatever or yes, you go. boy. whatever you want to say, say everybody, let me know 
if you uh if you like that nickname i like that i like that a lot because y'all know i i keep um I, I I I like I I'm proud to have a warrior spirit. So that's why when I go into stores, I buy stuff like this. Cause I, I you know you come in and you try to enslave me with that nonsense with that psychological slavery, that spiritual slavery, or whatever. We gonna fight. We gonna fight. <laughs> so I I keep stuff like this around me to remind me that sometimes when it's time to fight, you got to fight. So how many of you agree? So it's so, all right. So let's see. All right. So so that's our new nickname. Okay. So I see Yoshika and Tawana and Alice and Opal and Marnita. And I'm sure those of you listening on Spotify agree. All right. So by the power invested in me, uh, with the with, by the Council of Intelligent Black People around the world, I hereby say that our new nickname that I'm gonna pop up with every now and then is the Black Knights. So when I throw my hat in the air and you see it on the moon in the moonlight and it, it like the guy did in the the Alabama brawl he threw his hat in the air and the hat shook formed a silhouette in the moon and everybody came to to fight well th th that's what I'm going to do and I'm going to call together the black knights uh cuz I like this I think we need to resurrect that nickname that's that's pretty dope so uh so all right so all in favor say aye all right so we are now the black knights so I'm not going to say that all the time but I think that's a cool extra nickname for us. I like the Black Knights. All right, so let me keep reading here. All right, so uh, he says here, over a 10-year period, the Knights helped hundreds of Blacks escape slavery and quasi and find quasi-freedom in the North. It was remembered by many names. I mentioned that. The word Tabor had special meaning referring to a place in the Bible where the Israelite army beat the Canaanite army. So they got a name out of the Bible. After the Civil War, the South blamed the Blacks for its loss and intensified their abusiveness toward Blacks. In response, Blacks created some protective organizations. The most effective were the Glory Brigade and the Buffalo Soldiers that formed after the Civil War. So, so Black folks fighting ain't nothing new. Black people coming together to defend each other, that, that's not new. That's not, that's not something that just happened for the first time in Alabama. That, that's, that's propaganda that led you to believe that your job as a Black man was to sit back and be a sniveling little punk coward and, and and let somebody beat your head in just so you can have the right to spend money at his business instead of your own. That's propaganda. That is propaganda, people. So I think ultimately, and I and I want to put Dr. Claude Anderson's website, powernomics.com, up here because I think this should be your university. This should be your Harvard. This should be your Yale. This should be the place where you go to get your black history. Don't go get it from people that are going to only teach your son how to be a coward. Go, go learn from people that are going to teach your son how to stand up. Me and Dr. Anderson talked for an hour today, and all he talked about was war. He talked about his experience in war, and not in World War II, because it was, it was, he he, he's too a little too young for that, but uh, the Korean War. He talked about being in the military, jumping out of airplanes, jumping off of aircraft carriers that were five stories high. He talked about uh, air, flying the airplane and, and the plane falling off the aircraft carrier and what would happen when you fall. Like we talked about all of this, right? And, and I was listening to every word because we need the, we need to really celebrate and honor and listen to those brave OGs who, 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 who were willing to put it down in the fight, you know, who were willing to stand up so that you can have a chance to stand up the ones who were willing to clear a path. So the rest of us can have an opportunity, right? So, so you have probably have somebody like that in your family. Some of you stand in that, in that same spirit, shout out to every veteran in here, shout out to every strong parent in here, shout out to anybody who's willing to stand up and fight for something. Uh, and so, so Dr. Anderson, what he's saying in his book, and his book is called the black history reader. You can get a copy of powernomics.com. He's basically saying that black people have been fighting for a long time. Right. And, and, and everything you saw in your public school that was telling you that all black people did was sit around and get their ass whooped just so they can go and drink out of a water fountain. That's all a bunch of stupid propaganda. It's silly. It's ridiculous. It's it's nonsense. 
I'm not saying that it's worthless. I'm not saying I don't honor some of those people. I'm just saying that that you've been hoodwinked, you've been bamboozled, run amok, led astray, lied to, all these things. All right. So anyway, keep let's keep going. Could you do me a favor? Please hit the thumbs up button, thumbs up, share, subscribe. You're watching drboystv.com, the home for intelligent black people. Uh, I have a new book out. It's called The Ten Commandments of Black Economic Power. Uh, if you'd like a copy of the book, you can go to drboystbooks.com. I also have another series called The New Black Power. Uh, I wrote this years ago, so feel free to go take a look at that. It's at drboystbooks.com. You can get 30% off anything in the store. Just use the code word uh, book club, all one word, book club, and you can get 30% off any of the book series. I'll sign it. My kids will ship it to you. We run our, our business, our e-commerce as a family business and so my children we had a meeting today they're ready to ship it out so just let them know and they can ship you the flashcards for your kids whatever you want and i use that cold book club and you get a big discount all right so so here's what else dr anderson says in his book black history reader he says after the civil war the south blamed blacks for its loss and intensified their abusiveness toward blacks so we formed these groups the glory brigade the buffalo soldiers to fight back they deserve high praise for the protection provided to black people while over 200,000 blacks fought the South alongside the Northern Union soldiers, the Glory Brigade was also associated with the Union, but their highest priority was protecting their own enslaved people. How about that? How about that? They were, they were black first 150 years ago. They said, yeah, 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 we'll, we'll fight alongside the white folks, but we black first. We're protected. They said their top, he said their top priority. Pay attention now. This is page 216 of the Black History Reader, uh, Dr. Claude Anderson, powernomics.com. That's where all his books are located. And so, so they were black first. So again, you know, we think that everything we're doing is flashy and new. Ain't nothing new about this. I ain't the first one to do this. We ain't the first ones to do this. The black knights, you know, when we call ourselves the black knights, which is our, I guess gonna be one of our new nicknames. Um you know, we're just following tradition. We're not becoming some sort of different version of a black person. We're simply just continuing what was already there. You're simply being more of what you already are. See, before you spent your whole life lying to yourself, you've been out of character for 30 years. You've been out of character for 40 years. You've been out of character for 50 years. You've been doing you. That's why you felt so uncomfortable. That's what drew you to this channel. That's what made you want to come and listen to people like me is because you said something ain't right. I'm looking for something different. So you like Neo getting out of the matrix, you climbed out of the matrix and you're reading your history and you're like, holy crap, we've all, we've been doing this. Ain't nothing new. A black man supposed to fight when he sees another black man getting beat up by a lynch mob. He's supposed to stand up. So, so ultimately, this is what I love about Dr. Anderson. I, this is what I love. Let me keep reading here. This is Black History Reader, page 216. In the belly of the Confederate South, the Glory Brigade was a black regiment that fought to hold land for blacks. Again, black first. Um, in, in Florida's Amelia Island. In South Carolina, they fought to hold on to Hilton Head Island, Jones Island, and other offshore land for blacks throughout the South. Although Confederate rebel forces attacked the islands repeatedly, the black troops fiercely fought and held those lands for the Union and black ownership well after the Civil War. So they were still fighting after the Civil War was over. The Civil War was not the end of the battle. This is very interesting, right? Um, so let's see here. However, after the 1960s in the Civil Rights Movement, y'all know where this is going, don't you? You know where this is going. After the 1960s Civil Rights Movement, Blacks lost most of the land on the various islands to white land developers who took the land through various means, such as taxation and gentrification, and then built expensive all-white resorts that excluded Blacks. And these were your allies, people. These were your allies. 
During the Black Civil Rights Movement of the 1950s and 60s, while Blacks were declaring themselves nonviolent, violence against them, especially in the South, was rampant. One group of World War II and Korean War veterans did not accept the nonviolent, turn-the-other-cheek philosophy and organized into a protective group called the Deacons of Defense and Justice. Anybody ever heard of them? Nice, right? Nice. Let's keep going. First, organized in Jonesboro, Louisiana on July 10th, 1964, their primary goal was to combat the KKK violence against the Congress for Racial Equality Corps. Volunteers who were entering southern states and conducting voter registration drives. So 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 really, those who support the civil rights movement should not consider uh, these individuals to be your enemies. These black folks that, that were ready to fight, that, that's part of your defense. Just like when, uh, you know, Malcolm X had a relationship with Bumpy Johnson. Now, Malcolm wasn't scared to fight either. But Bumpy Johnson said, hey, I'll back you up. I'll support you because sometimes war is ugly. And sometimes you somebody's got to be ready to fight. Everybody can't be passive. Everybody can't be nonviolent. So let's see here. In various locations in the South, the deacons patrolled black neighborhoods. They protected mass meetings, community headquarters, voter registrations and civil rights marches. The deacons purposely inflated their membership numbers to appear more menacing to white extremists. The image of thousands of armed and angry black men in special defensive organizations spreading throughout the country shocked many people and led to speculation that the U.S. was headed for a race war. In the 1960s, so, so remember, when you think when people say these things now, this is not new. This is all history. This has all happened before. In the late 1960s, the Black Power Movement eclipsed the deacons in the nonviolent civil rights movement. Many Black Americans, especially the young, grew tired of the compromising and passive attitudes of the civil rights leaders and were more inclined to identify with Malcolm X, Stokely Carmichael, Rap Brown, and Black Power advocates. The deacons, earned, the deacons earned a special place of honor in Black history for the initiatives they took to protect members of the community. Uh, the number and kind of black protective and secret organizations in the 21st century remains a secret. How about that? How many of y'all are shocked by this? How many of y'all are feeling proud right now? How many of y'all are feeling good? How many of y'all are feeling that black people are strong? I, I, I'm feeling very strong right now. I'm feeling very um, empowered right now. I'm feeling very safe in that power. You know, I, I don't know about you, but this this type of stuff, this is why I love men like Dr. Anderson. I told him how much I love him, how much I appreciate him. We, we talk about once every two weeks. And uh, and so he came in and he, he, he we, we just happened to talk about the the Alabama brawl. I think he brought it up. And that's when he said, I'm proud of black folks. And uh, and I said, OK, do you want me to share that with other people? Because there are people that would probably want to hear what you have to say. And he said, yes, he, he specifically told me that he wanted uh, me to tell you all uh, how proud he was of black folks fighting. Then he started going into the history. And one of the things he talked about with the history is that black folks uh, have always been disliked and disrespected because people didn't understand how you could allow somebody to do that much to you. And your code of conduct is so non-existent that you don't even know to stand up for yourselves. You know, he, he said that he said that, you know, there, he said that a lot of uh, European countries, they have codes of behavior. The, the code is if somebody disrespects you, they slap you in the face with a glove. Then they, they say, meet me out back. And they, they then they have a sword fight. Or somebody uh, hurts your family or hurts your loved ones, you you know you fight back. And so he said that black folks haven't had those experiences. We have had people train us to back down. People tell us that the the best thing to do was to say stay safe and be scared. And it wasn't really helped when they got rid of your strong men when they locked those strong men in prison or killed them or they abort the baby before he's even born. Uh, that then leaves that that young son who wants to fight 
he's listening to, unfortunately, his mother who wants him to, to stay safe. And, and in many cases, not in all cases, but in a lot of cases, the mother doesn't understand why the son has to defend his honor, why the son has to stand up, why the son might have to go to war. So, and this is something that's happened in every family. So ultimately, when they turned you into a fatherless community, that was, in my view, another tactic to soften and feminize your men so that they aren't able to get up and fight anything. Okay, so anyway, let me keep going. Uh, hit the thumbs up button, uh, thumbs up, share, subscribe. I want to remind you all that we have a movie coming out directed by Rick Mathis called B1 the Movie. Dr. Anderson's in the movie along with uh, Dr. George C. Frazier and uh, Queen Afua and Vicki Dillard and Nuri Muhammad and D1 and, and uh, Julian Gordon, a lot of great black people. Uh, we are going to release this film. Uh, we're going to do a screening this weekend. Riza Islam is going to be there this weekend. He's in the film as well. He's, we're going to be there in Atlanta this weekend. Uh, and uh, so the weekend, we, we wanted to do this on Marcus Garvey's birthday out of honor for, for a man that everybody should know about. And uh, if you want to, I'm going to do a, a, um, a two, two and a half hour session on Saturday. It's going to be just a free uh, training uh, that I'm going to do in Atlanta. So if you'd like to come out, just come on out to the new Black Wall Street uh, in Atlanta uh, the weekend of August the 19th, uh, whatever that Saturday is. I don't have the date in my head. Uh, and, I, and I'm going to send a few. And actually, I won't have any books there to sign. So uh, just so you know, I won't be able to sign any books. But if you want to get a book and have a book, a signed book mailed to your house, uh, just go to drboycebooks.com and you can order that on my website. Uh, but if you want to come by and hang out and talk or whatever, we can certainly do that. All right. So let me uh, finish reading what Dr. Anderson says here. This is this is really good stuff. Uh, his website's powernomics.com. This is where his books are. So since we're talking about this Alabama brawl, I think it is important for us to be able to put it into historical context and kind of have some idea of what this really means uh, in the context of black history. So here's another thing Dr. Anderson talks about in his book, The Black History Reader, that you'll never learn in school. He asks, where and when did the most significant slave revolts occur? Like, again, speaking of black people standing up against oppression, he says the most significant slave revolts based upon the sheer number of slaves who participated occurred during the three Seminole Wars where Union troops were seeking and depriving black settlers of their citizenship rights in Florida. In 1835, over 1000 black settlers. I remember 1835, they still had slavery at this time. So slavery was not over yet. So in 1835, 1000 black settlers left their home sites to fight and defeat General Thomas Jessup and his Union troops. Even though historians often label that battle a Seminole War at that time, blacks made up a large percentage of the Indian forces and the leadership of the Seminoles. General Jessup attempted to set the record straight by reporting that it was not an Indian War, but a Negro War. So even though they made it into an Indian War, black folks showed up and showed out and fought in this war. There were a number of other major slave revolts that did not have as many participants. The Stono, he talks about one called the Stono River Revolution, or Stono, sorry, Stono River Rebellion in the state of South Carolina in 1739 was the first mass slave revolt in America. According to Lerone Bennett, Bennett, sorry, the revolt was led by a black slave named Jimmy. Encouraged by the Spanish crown and missionaries' promises of freedom and land, a group of 20 slaves attacked the storehouse in St. Paul's Parish, a community about 20 miles from South Charleston, South Carolina, and killed two storekeepers. Armed with guns and powder, they set off for St. Augustine, Florida, which was owned by Spain. As they marched through the country, they captured more weapons, set fire to plantations, and screamed, Liberty! Gathering recruits along their trek, Jimmy and his band eventually consisted of more than 100 slaves. So as they were going, this is just like the Montgomery Brawl. As they were going, other black folks said, oh, y'all fighting? Okay, y'all, where, where y'all going? I'm, I'm in. I'm in. So, so black people didn't all just get scared and cowered away and say, oh, well, you know, I, I don't master will need me to be back here by 530. You, you didn't have that. You have black people that literally said, 
okay, it's going down. Where do I sign? Like, let me, let me add them. Let me join. This is, this is so cool. All right. So anyway, uh, let's keep going. All right. So he says here, uh, Let's see. Gathering recruits along their track, Jimmy and his band eventually consisted of more than 100 slaves. During the 10-mile march, they killed more than 30 whites before an armed militia caught up with them in an open field. Nearly half of the rebellious slaves died in the intense fighting. The heads of the dead, dead slaves were cut off and set on poles along a stretch of road, about one head per mile. The practice of posting a rebellious slave's head on a pole or hanging his body from a tree was a popular means of warning and terrorizing other slaves. Did y'all hear that? Did y'all did y'all catch that? That part of the cowardice that you see, the the, the disease of, of cowardice, where, where to this day you see black men apologizing even when it ain't nothing to apologize for, this comes from the, the, the terrorism. This comes from the fact that they would take the biggest, baddest slaves, the ones who were willing to fight the most, they would kill them, chop their head off, and put it on a pole. And then they would do that to let you know, hey, if you step out of line, this is going to happen to you. So as a result, to this day, black people are scared of our own shadows in many cases. Not everybody, but a lot of us are. So so let's keep going here. He says, uh, let's see here. However, some slaves did not get the message and did not care about the head on the pole warning. So not everybody gets scared, right? These are the black people I like. The, the, y'all the ones I hang out with, the, the, the percentage that don't get scared, okay? So uh, so he says that, that, that some of them didn't get scared. In the very same year, the, of the, the Stono Rebellion was followed by two more slave uprisings in South Carolina, which each successive revolt, the white ruling class instituted new and harsher laws, new codes. So this is white supremacy, new systems, new codes uh, to intimidate and control slaves. Southern whites were terrified of slave revolts. So they, they, they started to get scared. So the revolts weren't succeeding, but they were succeeding. They weren't winning, but they were winning. They, they, they didn't achieve the goal, but they were gaining ground. You got it. So you got to understand this. This is what's really important. This is, I think, the lesson I'm picking up here. And I hope it's OK for me to share it this way is you got to understand that sometimes even if you don't win, nothing's wasted. Like there's no such thing as wasted energy. So if I go out here and let's say let's say you're talking about something like starting businesses or whatever. If I go out here and I try to start a business and I fail and my children watch me fight and they watch me go down, but they watch me go down with 100 percent effort. I didn't really lose. I didn't lose. Well, why? Well, because people are learning from the choices that I made. They're learning. They're getting courage from watching me try. They're learning from my mistakes. So so what happens is that sometimes when you don't get what you want, you might be propelling somebody else to get what they want. I saw a, a story about Walt Disney. I talked about him earlier this morning. Walt Disney, I saw the house that he was he grew he was born in in Chicago and his parents built that house uh, by hand. His wife, his mother was the architect. His father built it and his his parents really struggled. They struggled as entrepreneurs. They struggled like crazy. And uh, and, and and what I learned from hearing about the struggle of Walt Disney's parents, but their relentless work ethic is that that relentless work ethic translated into their son who also struggled, but eventually formed the Walt Disney Corporation, which is probably worth about half a billion dollars today. Do you understand? So without the struggle and the sacrifice, without his parents, give me a yes if you get what I'm saying. Give me a yes if you're hearing this. Without his parents going through the fire and getting burned and, and not coming out as pretty as they wanted to be, without his parents going through the fire, there is no Walt Disney Corporation. 
There is no Black Panther movie. You you do know they made a couple billion from you from Black Panther movies. All these movies that your kids want to go see. Like they're so 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 this all is happening over a hundred years later. Give me a yes if you're following. This is all happening over a hundred years later because of what 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 Walt Disney's parents did in 1898. Got it? Okay. So so fight that damn battle. Stop thinking you're supposed to win overnight. Stop thinking all the glory is supposed to go to you. Stop thinking you're the one supposed to get the prize. Maybe your grandchild is supposed to get the prize. You know, just document your struggle. Do write down what you learned. Share the stories with the kids. Help them learn how about the mistakes that you made so that when they start off, they can start at a higher level than you and they can take they can run the ball into the end zone. Sometimes you can't you can't you can't dance in the end zone. Sometimes you just got to block for somebody else. All right. So anyway, uh, let me let me keep going. All right. So reading the Black History Reader by Dr. Claude Anderson, Poweronomics.com's is website. Uh, my website is Dr. Books, Dr. Boyce Books.com. So if you want to get my books, you can go there, too. All right. So let me read here. Uh, he says nearly. So check this out. He says nearly half of the rebellious slaves died in the intense fighting. OK, we already talked about that. Uh, in 1831, Alex de Tocqueville, a European writer who was touring America and writing his book, Democracy in America, said that if freedom was refused to the Negroes in the South, in the end, they will seize it themselves. How about that? How about that? Again, the people, those, those folks in Alabama, those brothers in Alabama that were fighting, you know, they ain't the first ones. We've been doing this. Another large slave revolt took place at the Andrew Plantation, about 35 miles from New Orleans, Louisiana. Hundreds of black slaves led by Charles Deslondes. See, these are these are these are the names that you should hear. Um, you know, these are the names you should hear in, in your history class, by the way. These are your heroes. These are your George Washington's and your Ben Franklin's and whatever. So I encourage you that, to read these books and write these names down and teach these names to your children. Uh, they killed a number of whites and marched down the road to New Orleans, burning and pillaging and killing as they went. At every plantation on the way, more slaves joined in until the group outnumbered nearly 500. How about that? White men and women who had been warned by a few Sambo slaves and slave drivers fled on carts and wagons ahead of the revolting slaves into New Orleans. How many? Let's do a quick straw poll. Everybody answers real quick. How many of you heard about this revolt at the Andrew Plantation in New Orleans? Did anybody in your public school learn about this revolt? Did, did, they, did they teach any of you... Um, any of this has anyone heard is this new to you like it it's new to me is it is it new to you what do you think is this is it or is this something that you knew you've known since you were a kid so there were so white men and women seeing these 500 slaves that were coming uh, at them they fled on wagons into new orleans the revolting slaves had only pitchforks and other farm implements to use as weapons so they were easily they were let's see so they were easily attacked and halted the next day by armed white militia on the second day january 10th 1811 u.s military troops arrived with muskets and cannons outnumbered and outgunned by white militia and u.s military troops the poorly armed freedom seekers were defeated then massacred local whites beheaded the dead slaves and placed their heads on spikes at equal distances along the mississippi river to serve as a public warning to those who might still harbor thoughts of rebellion in 1800 gabriel prosser a 24-year-old slave in Richmond, Virginia, carefully planned and inspired the largest potential slave insurrection. Prosser had managed to recruit more than 2,000 slaves who were willing to kill any and all who attempted to stop them. The revolt was postponed for a week due to a terrible rainstorm. Before the weather had cleared up, two house slaves, 
you don't know where this is going, right? The Negro naysayers. I told you the Negro naysayers have cursed the black community for the last 400 years. They're the, they're the ones that whenever we get together and come up with a good idea, they're the ones who undermine it and destroy it. So you're not so 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 when you see them, they, some of them live online, some of them are out here just you know destroying black businesses and attacking black people and doing everything they can to keep black folks from prospering. Um, this is what they this is what happened here. So um, they had a couple slaves. They revealed Prosser's planned revolt to their white masters, who then arrested and hung Prosser and a large number of the participating slaves. The goal of the two house slaves was to earn meritorious manumission at the expense of members of their own race. Blacks in the 21st century must also be be wary of the same self-serving behavior of Sambo Blacks. The book is called The Black History Reader by Dr. Claude Anderson. You can get a copy of this book at Poweronomics.com. I pray pray to God that y'all will get these books for your kids because this man has earned every honor that we can give another human being every honor. Uh, in fact, at the all black national convention, we have something called the Dr. Claude Anderson lifetime achievement award. It's so he was the first recipient and uh, each year we give it to someone different. Last year we gave it to Dr. George C. Frazier. And, um, and I, I just really think that as a community, we have to take a moment and reflect on what we're teaching our kids, what we're teaching each other, uh, what we consider to even, be qualified black history training. You know, I don't think that Democrats or Republicans are capable or have any incentive whatsoever to give you adequate historical training in public schools. So I encourage you to educate your kids on, on your own. The books are out there for you. Uh, Dr. Anderson's not the only one. There's another book. A brother gave it to me. Actually, y'all stay right here. I'm gonna grab this real quick. I'm gonna show it to you. Cause I, cause this is going to be one of the books I want to get through. Uh, once we get done with this, hold on. This book is called Black History 365, and it's written by Dr. Walter Milton Jr. and Joel A. Friedman, P- Freeman, Ph.D. I had a long conversation with Dr. Milton. Uh, he was introduced to me by John Boyd, who's the father of Victory Boyd Victory and her family. They 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 um were signed with Rock Nation and they performed at the All Black National Convention. And um, their father, John, is a great leader and a great guy. And he introduced me to his brother. So this is a, a book that we're going to go through and read as well. So there's plenty of great black history books written by um, great black men and women that we should all read. And I personally think that one thing intelligent black people should do is take over the whole agenda. Just, you know, your kids should learn what you want them to learn, not what the public school wants them to learn. These systems are not designed to uh, support and sustain black people. That's what I believe to the core of my heart. Okay. So anyway, guys, I'm about to head on out. Uh, do me a favor. Please hit the thumbs up button. Thumbs up, share, subscribe. Uh, also, if you want to follow me on Instagram, you can follow me at Dr. Boyce Finance. That's my new Instagram page. If you want to join us at the All Black National Convention, it's going to be October uh, 20th through the 22nd uh, in Atlanta at the Marriott Marquis Hotel. You can go to allblacknationalconvention.com to get passes for your family or to become a vendor or if you want to advertise your business uh, to our audience, which loves to buy black, uh, you can go to allblacknationalconvention.com. That URL is on the screen. Also, uh, if you want to join us in Atlanta for the B1 movie, uh, the premiere, uh, Les Brown will be there along with Riza Islam. I'm going to pop in as well at the new Black Wall Street. You can go to B1themovie.com. That's going to be the weekend of the 19th. 
And then uh, last but not least, uh, if you are looking to invest uh, in stocks and things like that, um, then I send you guys every now and then I'll send you a profit alert of a stock that I like. Uh, I sent you one this morning. Uh, just follow, uh, text the word stock to 31996. And not only will I send you profit alerts, but I'll also send you our $5 a day investing plan that's helped millions of people in the Black Business School. Also, I'll send you a training I did called How to Make Money Without Working. All that stuff will come to you for free. Uh, the Black Business School is here to serve you and in the, the community to the extent that you'd like to be served. All right, guys. So uh, anyway, it was great talking to you. If you could hit that thumbs up button on your way out, please do. Don't forget this podcast is on Spotify. You can follow me there. Also hit the notification bell if you want to be notified when we go live. Because as I told you, when you read stuff like this, you get shadow banned. Like I have no idea if someone's going to define this video as being hate speech or something like that. It's not hate speech. I'm not condoning or advocating for any violence. But what I am saying is that I do believe in standing up for yourself. I do believe that if someone's hurting you, you should be ready to do what you got to do to protect yourself. So, uh, but unfortunately YouTube doesn't get that. So it's almost like, like it's almost like uh like preventing quote unquote hate speech is like the new hate speech or or anti-racism is the new racism right so so they force you not to talk about racism which is a type of racism itself because you can't get to the bottom of the racism in order to correct racism right so this is kind of what the world we live in it is what it is that's why we have multiple platforms so make sure you follow us via text just text the word stock to 31996 that way we can get our butts off of youtube and facebook and connect in other ways where we have freedom of speech so god bless you guys have a great day i'll see you soon take care now peace Here we are, clan, the isms, cataclysm, great. Our people out here struggling, trying to make it in this state. Everybody out here doing it, but we the ones who late. Now, family, we the ones who gotta delegate. Get that money in the power, never be fake. Stick to co-sign for three. What did he say? Uh, create jobs, support our own. Educate the same and buy back your home. Got three degrees, triple ten. Three PhDs, now we on the CNN. DBTV, let's talk about negligence. Ignorance is bliss, but we can turn it to intelligence. Please, none of what you hear, half of what you see. Let's break it down here on Dr. Voice TV. Here we are.